Before we get started with this week's show, just a quick announcement. Yellow Card has partnered with Away Days Football, which makes original and high-quality football-inspired clothing for the casual looking for something to wear to matches. Use the code YELLOWCARD at checkout to get 15% off your entire order at awaydaysfootball.com. And on a personal note, if you haven't tried the mystery kit yet, um, you should. You won't be disappointed. So uh, go to awaydaysfootball.com, use checkout code YELLOWCARD, and get 15% off your entire order. All right, thanks for listening. And now, here's the show. Hey, real quick, before we start the show, uh, there is a curse word in the credits. You've been warned. Let's get to the show. You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Either we win or we learn, and today we learn. Adacha, It's infield to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1-0! Bufal shot! Oh my word! He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It'd be very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markson. I am the host of the show. No matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoyed it and I hope that you enjoyed the FA Cup weekend that was. Saints, of course, got through unscathed uh, past a Huddersfield team. That we drew with at the end of last season, but that is not the focus of this week's episode. This week's episode also takes a look at the FA Cup, but from a different perspective and a different team entirely. Uh, and this week, I am lucky enough to be joined by two members of the Southampton Women's Football Club, Lauren Clark, a midfielder, and Aaron Bloomfield, a striker, who joined me ahead of their clash with West Bromwich Albion's women's team uh, on Sunday, which uh, they got through. Uh, we didn't know that at the time. Uh, when we spoke, but both Lauren and Aaron played uh, their part in a match. Aaron got the breakthrough goal. She actually got a brace on the day, uh, and, and it was enough to see the team through to the next round where they drew Crystal Palace Lady. So uh, once again, that's another team from uh, a couple of leagues above them that they will be hosting uh, at Romsey Town FC. So you can, uh, you can go and watch the next round of the Cup uh, on the 26th of January on that weekend. So um, stay tuned for announcements or of that sort so you can go down and support the team. But um, before we get to any of that, just want to say special thanks to Lauren and to Aaron for taking time out of their days to speak with me. Uh, we got to talk about a lot of things. We got to talk about uh, their past and future kind of commitments in the United States coming over and playing uh, for a college team in the United States and what that's like. Um, we look at their past careers in England uh, and we talk about the season that Southampton Women's Football Club is having currently. It's always a pleasure to be able to talk with members of the Southampton Women's Football Club. And I want to take a second to say thank you to Haley Newman, who is the media director at the Southampton Women's Football Club for doing something to me that I think is it's so great because she's who I talked to to set up these interviews. And this week she did something very, very special. She gave me not only a Liverpool supporter, but also a Portsmouth supporter and, and just brought them together for me to talk to all on a podcast about Southampton. So uh, thank you, Haley, who is also a Portsmouth supporter. I'm outing her now because she's done this to me. Um, but anyway, uh, besides the fact that Lauren and Aaron support uh, those awful teams. Uh, we are here talking about their performance and luckily we don't have to talk about the other stuff too much. So uh, anyway, thanks to Lauren and Aaron and Haley for everything they've done. Uh, and if you are interested in sponsoring any of the players or the coaching staff or just the team in general, uh, there are links in the show notes that will help you do that. Uh, Southampton Women's relies on sponsorships for the players and the coaching staff in order to make sure that the season uh, and and the team continues to exist. So uh, please reach out to Amanda Burroughs, the club secretary, if you are interested in that. Once again, there are links in the show notes below. Um, but enough of that. Let's get to 
the the chat, the interviews, uh, and hopefully that you enjoy it. And as I said before, if you are available and around the area, please reach out and support the team uh, on the 26th, on the weekend of the 26th, um, when they host Crystal Palace Ladies. Uh, that will be another big match and another tough test for them. So uh, with all that said, let's get to the show. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. I'll talk to you on the other side. I'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast two players from the Southampton Women's Football Club. We have Lauren Clark and Aaron Bloomfield joining us this week. Um, ladies, welcome to the show, and thanks for giving me the, some time to come on and chat about you and the season and, and everything else in between. Thank you. No worries. Thanks for having yeah. us. Yeah. Um, so I, I contacted Haley, and, and she put you in touch. I don't know if you volunteered or were told or were voluntold what, what was going to happen, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Um, and, and we're going to walk through the season a little bit, walk through your careers as well, uh, just as people, as you kind of kick off this this part of the season after kind of getting rained out a bunch of times a little bit. And um, you have a big match coming up on Sunday, and this will come out after that. So hopefully we have a, a good result to, to look at or look back on there. But um, I just want to start just, just really kind of getting to know uh, each of you. Lauren, we'll, we'll start with you. What was sport like growing up for you and your family? Were everybody was everybody kind of involved in sport or did you have uh was it just you or, or how did how did you first get involved in and in maybe watching and playing sports growing up yeah so my dad's always been involved in um, playing and coaching football so I kind of got into football that way and my twin brother as well so I kind of started playing with him um for the boys teams and then as I got to about 11 years old I joined a girls team um started playing and then my dad actually took over and was the manager so I played under him for seven years until I was 18 um really enjoyed that um made some really good friends that I'm still in contact with now um and then I went out to America when I was 18 um and got a scholarship so yeah it was a really good experience and and where did you where did you head into in America when you came over uh, Nebraska. Okay. How so did you find? I, how did you find the the weather and in, in your time in Nebraska? <laughs> so when I first went out there, it was very very hot. Um, wasn't really used to that. And our preseason trip was in Texas, South Padre. So it was very very hot. <laughs> found it very difficult. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but uh, preseason training every day, even twice a day, kind of got used to it. I didn't really have any choice. <laughs> Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I loved it out there. Obviously, really hot in the summer, but also really, really cold in the winter. Yeah. Was it a bit of a culture shock for you coming from England, heading over to, and landing a really smack dab in the middle of America? Yeah, definitely. And then, Aaron, what about you? What was what was your life like uh, growing up in terms of playing sport? Were you always involved, or did you come to it later? How did you how did you get involved with it? I started playing when I was around nine, actually. It came around with, I used to be friends with a lot of the boys in my class in primary school. I used to play on the playground, and one day one of the boys turned around to me and said that I should come join there or give it a go at their local club. And um, I went down there, and the coaches were great. They'd never really had a girl footballer at such a young age join the club, so they welcomed me really well. I then stayed playing football in boys' teams until I was 16. And from there, I loved it then throughout the, throughout the years in the boys' league. And then when I turned 16, I joined the Oval Academy were at that time in the Women's Super League. And a few weeks after joining them, I, I then joined their first team and played for them for a season and a half. And then that's how I ended up at Southampton. Okay. All right. And I mean, this seems to be a pretty normal route is, is you wind up playing with the boys up until a certain age and then you, you switch over um, to, to playing on, a, on an all-girls side. But did was that transition difficult for either of you or did you find it to be just you're still playing the same game and it's the same thing. You're just now you're playing against all, all, all women instead. For me personally, I found the boys, the boys league, even at under 16s is really physical. You've got to be really quick on the ball and think tactically and technically be really, be really good because and the boys at such a young age, physically they become so, they become so much bigger and that's just a natural, natural part of life. But that's why I think that, Playing in the boys' league for uh, like seven years really helped me transition into women's football a lot easier than it would have been if I'd just played women's football. 
Yeah, I agree. I think it's probably helped in the long run playing with the boys. Like Erin said, physically they're a lot stronger and the games can be a little bit quicker. So moving into the women's game at the same age as Erin at, what, 16, kind of um, helped us to be where we are now. And it seems like a lot of players that have played for Southampton women's have played for, for boys' teams kind of growing up. Is that because there's a lack of, of all-girls uh, teams to play for? Or, or what? do you have any idea why that is? Um, around my area, when I was younger, there was only really one girls' team. And still then the league was quite uh, short. There wasn't a lot of teams. I think that's changed a lot nowadays. Also the fact that I was friends with a lot of the boys, so I didn't really look for girls' teams. But I think nowadays it's a lot more um, frequent that girls are joining all girls' teams a lot younger. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think when when we were younger, there probably wasn't as many competitive teams um, to be a part of. So I think it's definitely changed now. There are a lot more opportunities for the girls to play at a comp- competitive level at a young age. Uh, Lauren, when I'm interested, when you came over to America, did you notice, was there a big difference between how the, the game is played here and, and in England versus, I mean, beyond just us calling it soccer and, and probably you have them making fun of you for, for calling it football a little bit, or, or, I mean, was it, was, was the game itself different? Cause I know sometimes the collegiate rules are a bit different than some of the rules that are in England and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Some of the rules were a bit different, like your overtime, um, like golden goal, obviously that's very different to how it is here. Um, so that was a little bit to get used to. And um, the football-wise, I think it was a lot more athletic and fitness was a huge um, factor in the game in America. Whereas in England, I feel it's a little bit more um, like technical and tactical. Uh, um, and I'm not saying that there's no technical, technical or tactical aspect sure, sure. in America. But um, a lot of the girls were very, very fit compared to um, girls here that might be uh, technically stronger. Yeah, I, I think that, that runs across um, sports uh, here in America. And sometimes you see even players that play for, the, for men's teams and, and MLS level and everything else that America emphasizes the, the physicality and, and things like that, I think more so than um, some of the other places around the world. And that it's 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 both a you know it makes American football fun to watch, but it also maybe holds us back sometimes when you get into you need some of the technical skills that that we don't develop maybe quite as much. But I think that's that's also starting to change a little bit. Um, yeah. I know that that we spend a, a lot more time now. Um, when I, just when I watch the girls train at, at school, they they are spending more time doing technical drills than they than they used to, where they used to just run a lot of sprints and lift a lot of weights and and be able to just run, uh, yeah. you know, forever. So no, I don't. It definitely helps my game because I'm training every day or twice a day uh, throughout pre-season um, kind of gets you prepared for the tough season ahead. Um, and I think that was another thing I had to get used to was the seasons in America were a lot shorter. So we had two or three games a week, whereas now we only have, well, we have training twice a week and then a game on a Sunday. Um, so, yeah kind of the impact of three games a week um, took a little bit to get used to as well. Yeah, they, I think they just are, are putting something in place. They're trying to change that. They're trying, they're trying to spread the season out now. But uh, I know that that's been a, a kind of a, a critique of, of the college game here because because you play such a short season and because you have two or three matches a week, you don't have time to do all of the technical stuff. It's mostly just make sure you're fit enough to make, make it through the whole season. And so uh, yeah. hopefully that, 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 that works out a little bit. Um, but I want to go back real quick, uh, to, to, to growing up and, um, Aaron, when, when you were growing up, did your family all watch football and did they support one particular team or is your kind of family rivalry or family, um, dynamic split amongst teams or how did that work for you growing up? Uh, growing up, none of my family actually played football, but they were all big supporters and, um, we're all kind of, we all support the same team, which is Liverpool. Okay. And yeah, we're pretty much a household of Liverpool supporters. Okay. And, and did you grow up, um, I guess, uh, up north, or did you grow up kind of down in, in this, yeah. on the south coast? Yeah, I grew up in the, in the south. Um, yeah, so that was, that was good. Yeah. Uh, and, and Lauren, what about you? Yeah, we, my family all supported the same team. 
um, as well, so there was no rivalries in the family. <laughs> you don't support Portsmouth, do you? Yeah, I didn't want to mention it. Oh, because... it's okay. It's okay. I think I saw something on your Twitter feed, but it's, it's, it's all right. Uh, I know Haley does too, so that's it's it's fair enough. We won't we don't have to talk about it that much. Um, so I'm glad there was no rivalry uh, in in either of your households because that can be uh, a little uh, it can get in the way. Um, my family, my wife and I support one American baseball team, and my kids support another. And then the team that my wife and I support just has been found to be having cheated uh, in in the the World Series a couple of years ago against the team my my kids support. So it hasn't been great, um, but we'll we'll get over it eventually, or they will, because we we're still champions. Um, but um, yeah, so Aaron, I guess uh, you know, congratulations to you on having the uh, you know, I guess the the World Club Cup, or I think that's what it's called, yeah. and also the you know the Champions League. It's a big deal, and and I'm sure you've seen many yeah. of the the players pass through uh, the South Coast and and head on up there and. Uh, it was fun to watch them while they were here and they're still fun to watch. I just don't like them uh, quite as much. Uh, anyway, it's fine. Um, it's been a good year. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it has been, it's, it's been, uh, I keep waiting for, for Liverpool to slip up. Just, just kind of hoping like somebody at least makes it interesting, but I, I don't, I can't, I can't be mad at you for, for supporting them. Um, do you have any idea like how your family became Liverpool supporters? Just as a, out of curiosity. Um, I think it was really my dad. I think at the time when they had players such as Robbie Fowler, Ian Rust, and you know great players like that, Stephen Gerrard coming through, and they were just known as one of the best teams in the world. They that's when he was pretty much a glory supporter. And then he had to follow them through all the years where they they didn't win anything, yeah. and, and now you're you're coming exactly. back in, so that's yeah. fine. Uh, and, and Lauren, I guess just for your the the team you support, I mean how how have you found it kind of with the team kind of you know, going through a period of, of, of struggling and, and I mean, just, I don't want to say the rivalry on the South coast, but just all of the, everything that's gone on with the club, like how has it been to support the team through kind of maybe a, a downtime uh, versus, you know, when you were um, younger and they were, I guess, you know, uh, I guess just more successful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's been a lot of up and downs over the years. Um, as I'm sure you as a Southampton fan has uh, looked back at and probably laughed about um, but yeah it's it's tough but obviously the fans owned the club for a while and kept the club going and then um, got the new um, new guy in that invested a lot of money and just kind of kept the club going and last year had a good season and kind of unlucky at going up but we'll see you never know what happens with <laughs> yeah yeah um, I, I can tell you that when the teams played earlier this year, I that was the most nervous I had ever been before Southampton played. Uh, I had I was a mess all day at work. I couldn't concentrate, um, and I just I, normally I'd be okay with because the the games kick off midday here, and I was I would normally be okay with seeing the score and going home and watching the game and knowing the score or whatever. But uh, I I just basically blocked everything all day. Didn't look at the internet. Um, basically ran home like a little kid after school, like turned the match on as soon as I got home, didn't say hi to my family, just watched the match. And um, obviously a better result for us than you, but um, it it, it was, uh, that was something I had looked forward to for so long. And that's, that was the first one I've ever been able to watch. So um, anyway, I I guess growing up or even as, as, as an adult, do you have any moments as a fan that kind of stuck out to you that, that you remember whether it's club football or, or international football or the women's world cup or anything like anything that sticks out in your mind as being like a kind of a pivotal moment in, in, in growing up around and watching football. I think the, um, 2012 Olympics for the great Britain team, um, really gave, um, English football kind of a rise that it needed to prove to, um, like fans that maybe only watch men's football that, women's football is on the rise and um, they have actually done a lot better <laughs> than the men have over the years, but they don't get the publicity that maybe they deserve. And Aaron, what, what about you? For me, it would probably be personally, I think that's one of the points where I was watching football. I went to watch Liverpool at Anfield and it's unfortunately the only time I've got to see them, but um, I got to watch some of my favourite players play and the way they played, I think it really inspired me to carry on. And this was at a time when people were like Suarez to the club and they beat Norwich 5-1. So that was a good day for me. 
but it showed me the kind of football that I, I want to play when I'm older. And has it had an influence on as to how you approach the game? Definitely. I think it showed that there was, there was so many different kind of things that I didn't realize about football before I went and actually watched the match live. I think you can never really tell the atmosphere in a stadium unless you've been to one and unless you've been to a big game like that. I think it made me, it inspired me and pushed me because I, I want to play in stadiums like that when I was older. So I think that really motivated me to keep playing. All right. All right. Um, we kind of talked briefly about, about how you arrived at, at Southampton. Lauren, as you came back from the States, how, how did you wind up at, at Southampton? Did you, did you play all four years here in the States and then, and then go back or, or how, how did that work out? Um, yeah, so I played all four years, um, out in the States. I actually had another year of eligibility because I tore my ACL out there. Um, but I decided to return to England because I'd finished my degree. Um, and then when I returned, I actually played for Watford for a season. Um, and then uh, the travelling um, got a little bit too much for me. Um, so I turned back to trying to play local and um, there was a lot more teams um, kind of available for me to play for. Um, so then I actually had, I had about a season out. I was just a little bit burnt out. Um, I just started a new job and I actually didn't play football for a year. Um, and then Aaron Smith, the manager, the current manager of Southampton, actually got in contact with me and he was um, the manager at Chichester at the time. Uh, and he asked me if I wanted to come along to pre-season and see what, what it was like. So I went and played for them for a season. Um, so that was last, last season, played for them. Um, and then Aaron moved to Southampton, so I decided to move to Southampton with him and a couple of um, other players from Chichester. Um, so yeah, that's how I ended up here. Yeah, and then and then Aaron, what about you? Did you you landed in the first team? But what was it? You know, did you did you also have a relationship with with Aaron before he was at Southampton, or how did how did you find your um, way to, to to Southampton? No, so I briefly joined the season. I joined a, a few months ago. Um, it came around, I was playing for the local ladies and I decided that the best move for me would be to, to find another club in order for me to personally get the most out of my last season in England because in August I'm also heading over to America. Um, and so I, I was looking around and I had a few other clubs contact me and I spoke to a few of the managers and then I spoke, spoke to Aaron and decided that I really liked his his style of coaching, the way the way the girls trained, how seriously they took it, and how much they all wanted the same goals within the team. And then from there, I decided that Southampton was going to be the club that I'd like to join until the end of the season. Okay. All right. And, and where, whereabouts in America are you headed? Um, Alabama. Alabama. What is mm. it? I mean, you Nebraska and Alabama. That if I had to say, like, um, you know, hey, come to America. You probably wouldn't book a vacation to either of those places, right? Not, not typically, no. Nothing, nothing against those places, but like most people come to like you know they go to Florida, they go yeah. to New York City, they go, you know, they come to California. Um, yeah. We we send our our high school sends a lot of of girls uh, to a very small college in the Midwest as well, and uh, the kids yeah. come back and they're like, it was it was where we grew up is kind of, uh, or where I grew up is is much different than than what people. Yeah. Uh, are, are, what you're going to witness there, but um, I mean, I, I guess I would I would just give you the warning. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very humid. Um, and American football <laughs> yeah. is going to be a huge, huge part of your. Uh, you're going to be just inundated with with all of that. So I hope I hope that you enjoy the experience. And um, it, you Thank know, you. I, I'm sure you will, and it'll, it'll be great. But um, where what what college are you are you headed to? Troy. Troy. Oh wow. Well, congratulations on on getting into to that. That's going to be it's going to be great. Thank you. Um, so yeah, uh, are you, I assume you're excited about that. Yeah, definitely. I visited there in the summer, um, along with a few other places I visited. And I loved the story, it was great. And their facilities and just everything they had there, I really enjoyed the whole experience of being there. And then because the, the, the schooling system is slightly different in England versus the United States, are you coming in as a, as a freshman over here or are you, yeah. are you transferring in as a, as a junior? No, I'm coming in as a freshman. All right, so four years of eligibility. 
yeah. and that would be great. It'd be, it'd be a good time. Um, and and once again, I do not hate the South. So I'm sure I will get hate mail a little bit, but it's, as somebody from California, that's and and I'm an LSU fan as well. So like that's they they won't talk to me now. It's fine. Um. So anyway, um, I I guess you you mentioned uh kind of the the goals of the team and and coming into Southampton. I guess both of you coming in this season. Uh, what what's the welcome been like from the rest of the team and. And how clear was it that the team had a, a specific goal and that Aaron had a vision for the team uh, going forward? I think uh, coming in new at uh, this team and Aaron coming in, he made it very clear on kind of what his goals were um, as a team, and that was to fight for promotion. Um, because Southampton have been very, very close for a number of years, and I think he, Aaron wanted to bring in players um, to join to the current players, bring them together to fight for promotion. And yeah, maybe so far hasn't gone um, as expected or we've lost points, which maybe we shouldn't have. We're still playing football how we want to. And um, I think that's, that's all we can ask for as players and kind of our manager and coaches as well. Definitely. I agree with what Lawrence just said. We all know that. We, were, we are fighting for promotion and we, we still have the opportunity to be promoted. So we're all still working hard to, to reach that goal. Yeah, and, and it is such a difficult thing because for some of the listeners that may maybe haven't listened to, to past South End Women's episodes, it's you, you only get one team promoted out of the division. So it becomes extremely um, tough to, to do that. And you wind up really just... just you know, it, I guess every match is so stressful. Every goal is so stressful. And, um, and yeah. in the last couple of seasons, Southampton have been so close um, mm. and then kind of been denied. Um, and, and, and hopefully, you know, you guys are able to, to, to make that happen this, this season. Uh, you currently sit second in the table. Um, and, and you mentioned drop points. But, I mean, overall, I, I think that, that a lot of the, I think most of the season, you guys have played really well. And maybe it's just, I mean, from my perspective sitting here, uh, it's been, you know, one or two individual errors maybe, uh, or just a, a simple breakdown or maybe just not being able to, to be clinical enough in front of goal. But what, what would you say has been the biggest kind of, um, I guess, what's been holding you back from, from getting all of those points each and every week and, and taking nothing away from the opposition that you play? Because I, I know that uh, a lot of the opposition is extremely tough and extremely competitive. Um, but, but what would you say would be the, the thing that maybe has, has been holding you guys back so far? Um, I don't think we can pinpoint directly one thing. I think it's probably a combination of things, maybe um, individual errors um, that have cost, say, a one-on-one with the goalkeeper and they've, they've been clinical in front of goal, but also we create a lot of chances week in, week out, and I think it might come down to sometimes that we're not, we're not scoring, but it's all over the pitch. Like I said, I, I don't think we can pinpoint directly one thing. Um, just on the day, maybe it's just not been our day. And like you said, um, we're not going to take the credit away from this because, because there are some, um, there are some good teams in this league. Yeah, and and I didn't uh, just want to clarify. I didn't want to. I wasn't trying to put that on 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 anybody at all. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> It also seems like you guys are involved in in multiple competitions. Like there, as I look through the the schedule and the results, this seems to be four. I think four or five different kind of competitions that you've been involved in. Is that difficult to deal with since you're playing opposition from kind of all over the place? And you know, up, up until this season, I mean, you know, look at the Premier League; they've played twenty twenty one matches, um, and you guys started about the same time and have only played eight league matches. Does that Get, does that get frustrating for you, or is, is it just kind of the way it goes and you just play the games and it doesn't matter the competition that it's in? Um, I think we just play the games. I think we don't really look at... Well, we obviously look and analyse the opposition that we're playing, and we, we set up our side to play against that team. But as a team, since I've been there, we, we don't fear the opposition or who they are or what league they're in. We always go out with the mindset that we can win any game we play as long as we play the way we know we can. And especially the way we play in training and what we've been working on, if we just listen to the coaches 
uh, we believe that we can go out there and, and win against any opposition that we're, we're faced against. So, I mean, we talked a little bit about, about team goals and things like that, but, but for, for you two, did you have kind of personal goals coming into the season? Um, I know, Aaron, you kind of mentioned that you're going to be going over to the United States, so you wanted to make sure you were ready for that. Um, was yeah. there anything else that you kind of set aside or set out that was going to be uh, like, like something you wanted to make sure you would, you'd accomplish this season? Or, or, or do you do that going into each and every season? I did this season personally, but this season's been, there's been a lot of unexpected changes. At the start of the season, I, I had no idea that I would be changing teams. So when I joined Southampton, I think my main goal was to really focus on my on my development and working within a team and getting a, a lot of minutes on the pitch. And and when I went to Southampton, having the best possible impact and helping them with their goals before as much as I could before I left for America. So when, although I had a lot of personal targets to you know get back in the score sheet, get back in form, and my fitness up again. But I was mainly focused on the teams, the team's goals of getting promoted. And Lauren, what about you? Yeah, yeah, mine are pretty similar to Erin um, as well. Um, knowing that Southampton have been pushing for promotion for a couple of years, that hopefully, um, hopefully I could help help them doing that. Um, even though we're sat second, I think we've still got still got a good chance of um, of doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, um, you know, the Southampton, um, uh, FC women's is, is sitting there at the top of the table. And, um, if there was, I, I, you, you, neither of you were playing for the team a couple of seasons ago when they kind of, uh, I don't say, want to say were created, but came about. And, um, I know it upset uh, some of the listeners of this show that kind of split the fan base in terms of some, some people already had, they already supported Southampton, um, women's and then some people kind yeah. of started supporting the saints team once they were there and that's i know it's been a a, a point of contention for for some fans but um you you've played them already this season correct yeah and i guess just to ask is there a, is there a difference in the level of competition does when you when you face them versus some of the other teams is it is it a definite rivalry since you are from the same city essentially and um you know what i guess both of you um, not being Saints fans, maybe is there is there added spice to that to that uh, uh, contest? I think there was definitely a rivalry um, during that game, just to being both from the south and both um, being being Southampton. I think um, there was a rivalry, but I think it just came down to wanting to win win the game and uh, prove who was um, worthy of winning winning the league and. Even though we came out as a draw, it was a very, very even game. Um, and even though they're set at the top of the table, some points, I think um, when we play them again in February, it'll be, be very interesting because I think a lot has changed within both of the teams. Um, I, I guess with both of you coming into into the team and maybe having uh, – a result or two not go the way that you would have wanted. Um, how have you found kind of the the leadership of the team? You guys are at, at slightly different points in your career. You know, one of you has come back from America when he was going. Um, but but how have you found kind of the structure that was that's been in place, whether it's been put there by Aaron or by some of the other ladies who are already on the team? Uh, how you have you found kind of the leadership and the structure of the team, and and has it helped you? Do you think to this point uh, in the season? Well, for me, I think the leadership within the team. I- I don't think it is just with Aaron, obviously he's the manager, but there's people like um, Lauren Cheshire and, and Kelly who, who are the captains and they they take a lot of responsibility on and off the pitch as well. They're always there to help you if you need anything. They're always leading you, whether that be in training or in the match and, and trying to guide you and, and help me, especially as a young player, improve because I've still got so much to learn within the game. But then Aaron... Uh, he's been a great help as well already since being here. He'll always be trying to improve you and during training, uh, he'll, whether that be pulling me aside and telling me, you know, what I've done well, but what I need to improve on and taking out just the five minutes to help, help me improve on that and help me understand how I, how I can improve on it. Um, has been really helpful. So again, the leadership, however, isn't just the captains as well. I think 
all the girls are really really wanting to push push each other and and you know guide each other on and off the pitch yeah I definitely agree with what um Erin's just said it's not just just the manager and the coaches um that have spent a lot of time um of their own time planning sessions and um, making sure that everything's in place it's also um, our captains but also all the other girls on the pitch as well so with the season kind of underway and and uh, things like that. The looking forward to the rest of the season. You have, I would think, just just still over half your season left to go. Um, you you obviously have goals of of wanting to achieve promotion and, and fight for that place. Um, what? How important is? Uh, you know, we we have a, a cup competition coming up, and this this will be out after the result is already there. But I mean, how how important? Um, and, and how much of a focus is are the cup competitions amongst the team as well? And I guess you know, in sometimes we see teams that F, the FA Cup will be on this weekend in across England, and that will be um, for both the men's and women's teams. We'll likely see Southampton, for instance, rotate its players pretty heavily. Um, how much rotation is there for a cup competition for you, or is it generally the same eleven uh, or a similar eleven that go out and play each and every week because you only play one match a week typically? Um, the team, the team kind of stays similar. Um, each week there might be a couple of players that rotate in, but um, normally it's like you said, we only play one one game a week. So even though we have training, we still give our bodies enough time to recover, um, ready to play, play ninety minutes on Sunday. Um, okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about about the uh, the upcoming uh, FA Cup match and. And, and for you, uh, I mean, as a, I, I grew up playing baseball and for me, uh, baseball players are notoriously kind of superstitious and, and I was much the same way, but, um, do, I guess we'll, we'll start with you, uh, Lauren, what, what were kind of your, I guess your, your, do you have any match day kind of routines that you have to do that you try to do every, each and every week before you play a, a typical Sunday match or does it start on Saturday night? Cause sometimes people have certain things they like to eat the night before or do the night before, but uh, for you, like what, what's your kind of match day routine uh, leading up to, to, to a Sunday match? Yeah. So on Saturday evening, I always like to get my, like, not my kit, but my training, training stuff out that I went to the game. I don't know why. I just like to get it out and fold it. Um, so that when I get up, it's all ready. And I know that I've got everything there. Um, and then Sunday morning, um, I normally, it's not normally something I always have for breakfast, but before before I go to um to the game, I always make my tomato pasta, and I make sure that I eat that um before my game. Um, that's kind of the only rituals that I have. And what about you, Erin? Um, I can't say I have a lot. I think I need to listen to good music before the match. That that is something I always got to do. I have a, I have a match day playlist. I always listen to and apart from that I, I, I can't say I have many actually no I, I don't think I have any except from that see um, I was I always had everything has to be kind of just right and it got really bad at one point where it was like if everything wasn't just right like I would just be like oh today's today's ruined you know and that's not great yeah and my brother's the exact opposite my brother could wake up you know five minutes before we were supposed to be somewhere and and look terrible, feel terrible, whatever, and show up and play better than me. And that was always really frustrating as a, as somebody who put in a lot of time training and, and my brother always not, didn't always do that. Um, and, and not to say that he didn't train at all, but those were just, we're very, very different. So I understand yeah. um, the, the not, the not routine uh, thing. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I couldn't do it. I, I still, even now um, I get, uh, my games are typically that they start at 9am on a Saturday. So it's like, just after the Premier League games are over, like we're down there and, and going and I have yeah. to have the same routine. And if there's ever, you know, sometimes there's 12 minutes of extra time or whatever. And it's just like, a, you know, today, today is ruined because now, now my whole routine is off, but that's, that's okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, you mentioned music. Um, now when you're on your way to the match, do you keep that music on? And what about if you're with, uh, you know, sometimes for the away matches, I know this year you guys are traveling together. Yeah. Uh, or trying to as much as possible, but um, what happens to the playlist then? Are you in charge of the playlist for the whole team, or, or do you um, do you have some influence over whoever does, or how does that work? So on the way there in the bus, I'll pretty much have my headphones on, not all the time, obviously, but 
just before we get there, a few minutes before, I'll put my headphones on and listen to some of my music. And then when we get there, I tend to I tend to take over the speaker in the changing room a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not to the whole team um, excitement, but yeah, I I find it funny and I, and I put on some, some good music for the team to probably, listen to. That was probably the first thing you done when you joined the team. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think we'll show them some good music. You're like, look, I'm here. Also, listen yeah. to this. It's what you've been waiting for. Yeah. Oh, what, what's what's on the playlist? Oh, I can't reveal all my secrets, but there's there's a bit of Kanye West on there. It's, it's, it's all different genres, really. I, yeah. I don't have a bit of the same. I mix it up. All right. Bit of rudimental. Okay. Well, so far, I, I know I at least can identify the artist you're speaking of. Um, I do like Kanye West. I like both of those actually. I think that that's good. Um, my wife and I disagree on music a lot. Um, and she was trying to have me help her put together a playlist for a work Christmas party. And I was like, you don't want me to help you because it's not going to go well. Um, and I did manage to, to squeeze a few songs on there that people, it just, um, it's not a good part. It's not great party music. Like my brother and I really enjoyed it, but it, it'll, it'll basically have everybody else just get off the dance floor, which is not what you want. Um, so um, I, I guess, Lauren, would you, would you say there's any, any, uh, some some of the music choices would you say would you agree with all of them or would you say that uh, some of them are maybe a little questionable? Um, I mean, some of them may be questionable, but I can't think of specific songs off the top of my head. But I think it's more so in our home um, changing room. The speaker is directly behind ground that. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I don't really have any choice to move it. So I think it's probably more the volume rather than the actual song choice. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, like you said, very little you can do um, uh, about that. Um, and I guess uh, for people who are, are just kind of thinking about uh, the team or trying to, to imagine kind of what it's like, like how long before a match do you typically arrive a, as a team? Uh, and then kind of what's the uh, what's what's the timeline in terms of, of leading up to kickoff for for each of you? Um, you're both outfield players, so you don't have any kind of special weird goalkeeping training you have to do but um you know what what's the timeline on, on a match day for you guys once you once you arrive at the field um so Aaron likes us to arrive um to the ground for a two o'clock kickoff at about twelve fifteen. um he likes us to put our bag in the changing room while they're setting up the kit and he likes us to go out um onto the pitch and uh, see what it's like so we can pick what boots are appropriate for that game. And then normally at 12 team presentation, that would be week to week. And then after the presentation, we go into the changing rooms. Um, we normally have to go about five past one to get ourselves changed. And so we put the music on and find ourselves um, pumped up. And then five past one, we go out um, ready for the warm-up. All right. So, I mean, you, you are heading into the the FA Cup this this weekend, um, it, and I imagine that you're you know you look at the opposition as much as you can, but it's it's probably slightly more difficult given the training schedule and, and things like that. Um, but how how much will you and, and kind of typically ad, adapt your game to the teams you're playing, or is the kind of the philosophy of the team to go out and kind of just establish your style of play on on the opposition and force them to kind of adapt to you or what's what's that typically like for 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 the team um i think we always take into consideration the other team i think we like we like to know that especially maybe their stronger players um no team we we play really has any any weak players they're all talented women playing but uh we definitely take into consideration their strength and maybe see where in that team that we would like to target or maybe try to exploit in their team but I think mainly we try to focus on on our game and where we would really like to excel at in that game really whether that be through the wings whether that be through the middle of the pitch it, you know it could change depending on depending on each game but uh so yeah I guess we do take into consideration the other team but mainly our focus is on playing our best game and and being the best team that we can possibly because when we play at our best uh you know there's nothing more we can do than that. Um, I just want to briefly look forward, you know, past the end of this season. 
and, and just kind of say like, as you get ready to head off to America, I mean, have you two talked about that since, since one of you has gone and one of you is going, has there been any kind of exchange of, of ideas or things to look for or things to be aware of b- between the two of you? Uh, we haven't really talked about it that much, actually. When I first joined Southampton, uh, Lauren just mentioned that she'd been out to America. And, you know, she said she enjoyed her time out there. And obviously, I think most people do. I think you can never really tell whether you're personally going to enjoy it or love it or hate it until you're out there. But no, we haven't actually talked about it that much. But I'm, I'm sure we will do sooner to <laughs> the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lauren, if, if I had to ask you, what was your kind of, what was your favorite part about coming out uh, to the United States and, and what, what did you, what, I guess, what do you remember most fondly about the time, whether it may be something aside from, from football related? I think just the main experience of taking out to America and the unknown. I'd never, never even been out to America for holidays. So um, when I was actually moving out there, it was, it was a huge, it's a huge deal and kind of just the whole experience and having the opportunity to travel while doing something that I love um, is just amazing. And then what was maybe something that you, you, you didn't, you weren't aware of when you, before you arrived, but you just said like, this is, I, I could do without this particular aspect of, of, of all of this. Um, I didn't actually go out to America to visit um, where I was heading in the Basque. So I think that was, I'd seen pictures, but when when I actually arrived there, um, it could be it was it was a little bit different than what I expected. Um, not saying that that was the bad, sure. Um, but yeah, it was just just not knowing really. And um, as you mentioned earlier, like the culture culture change and stuff like that. But everyone was so friendly and um, really much really welcomed me well. Yeah, um, it would be a culture shock for me to go to Nebraska. Um, and so I can only imagine what it would be like coming from a, a different country and, and landing there. And, um, we have a lot of kids that come, we have foreign exchange students come, that sometimes come here and, yeah. and they, I live in a, in a small town and it's, it's on the coast, but it's not, it's definitely not a beach town. And they come here and they go like, well, you know, I want palm trees. I want, you know, I want, I want Hollywood. And it's like, well, you know, drive three hours, you can get there. But um, were you were you in or around a big a big city when you were there in Nebraska, or was the the university you were at kind of uh, uh, in a smaller location? Um, yeah, we were like an hour from Lincoln. Okay. Um, so I was in Bellevue, but yeah, we took about an hour from Lincoln, so, um, which was quite quite a big city. Um, yeah. And and what was your experience? I guess just. Uh, staying staying in Lincoln like with uh, American football or American basketball or anything like that like was there another sport that, that can you became more involved with just watching maybe or, or uh, during your time that you were out here um, I think definitely a lot of like um, a lot of the sports that were available obviously baseball and basketball um, baseball definitely and obviously American football um, was great to go and watch I went to a lot of the games more locally, so for my university, watching kind of people that I knew, mm-hmm. um, rather than kind of the professional, um, professional teams. Yeah. Um, and, and Aaron, you mentioned that you visited. Uh, what was your kind of it, your first impression of, upon visiting the the location itself that you'll be kind of stationed in? Because uh, I imagine the weather will be quite different from what you're used to. Um, but, but what else was kind of jumped out at you as you, as you arrived and, and took a, took a tour? Yeah, it was definitely, um, very humid there, but I think just probably the size of the campus, I think you can never really get a full perspective of how big or small it's going to be. And I've never really experienced anything like that in England, the size of the stadium, the facilities that they have for, for college students was just incredible. I think it's. It's almost the same as what they have for a lot of, for a lot of pro teams over here. Um, yeah, the, the size of facilities, every, everything was pretty much bigger. Whether that be the classrooms or the, the the dorm halls, it was. But that I really enjoyed that personally, and that's something that I really look forward to. And also just everything there is bigger. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It, it it really it really is. And, even down to the cars, just yeah. that, you know, that everything was bigger and it was just taken so seriously out there. The sports, 
and the, even the girls I spoke to from the team, they took it so seriously, which I really admired from them. And that's why I've kind of been going out there for, to um, obviously improve myself as a player and, and enjoy the four years. But yeah, the biggest difference was probably the size and, and how seriously they took it at, at a college level. And I guess just to, to, to round this off a little bit, um, Lauren, you, you've been out here. If you were, I guess, going to give one piece of advice to somebody who was um, potentially going to, to come out to America or somebody who wishes to play at that level, uh, what, would, what would your experience kind of lend you to, to, to tell them, I guess, to, to better prepare them for, for what, they, what they're getting into? I think it would be just be open-minded and um, be prepared for um, a great experience and uh, take any opportunities that you possibly can because they're huge out in America and um, I'm sure anyone would have a great time. And, and then Aaron, I mean, I, I find it always, I find it kind of interesting that somebody from England would come to America to play football like that. That doesn't seem, you know, quite the thing. But I also think that in America, the, the collegiate sports offers you something maybe that, that there isn't there. Maybe it isn't that step in, in England for, for some players to take. So, um, and I know that a lot of players come here to the United States to play, especially at a collegiate level. And, and it's a, yeah, it's a big commitment, but I mean, for somebody who was looking at, at at you and looking at your career and your kind of trajectory and stuff like that. Like yeah. what, I, I guess, how did the, the, the scouting portion of that happen? How did you wind up going to going to Troy? Like what, how did that even happen as, as somebody who's playing in England? And, and I guess what, what were, was there anything that people should watch out for in terms of, of people trying to get you to, to commit to places or, or what, what's your experience told you? Um, so what I, how I first got into it was, um, from, from being a young girl, I've always said that I wanted to go to America and wanted to live in America, but never really took it that seriously. And then um, one day I, had, I saw this thing online from my uh, kind of agency that they, that they set up, um, giving girls a chance to go to America and get scholarships. So I decided to, you know, go give it a, a look. And I went to one of their trial days and spoke to the team there. And um, I, I was really interested with it. And the process is is long and I'm sure Lauren knows picking like picking a college to go to it can be tiring but it's also it's a really enjoyable experience but there'll be colleges coming at you from from all angles whether you know but not all of them are going to be right and you've got to decide where where you want to be in the country you know if you want a big or small college there's a lot of things to consider as you would probably imagine when deciding to move away for four years but um for me personally, how I did it was I, I spoke to everyone that I could possibly speak to, whether if they were interested in me college-wise. And then I looked at the college for my own research and weighed up the pros and cons of, of each college, even down to things like how, how the co coaches spoke to me and whether I could see myself fitting in in that environment. I kind of rallied down to, to three, three colleges, and I visited all three in the summer. One was in North Carolina, one was in Texas, and one was obviously Troy. And after coming back and reflecting on all three colleges, you know, Troy stood out for me, and I, I loved the team there, and I loved the way that they they bonded and the coaches and how seriously they wanted to improve and push their players. So that's why I chose that. But it is a long process, but definitely been worth it for me. And then, Lauren, I, I guess just one more thing, like, you know, you're, you choosing the college you chose, what were, I guess, what were, did you go through some of the same kind of decision-making uh, that Aaron went through or what were, what were kind of, I guess, what, what drove you to, to choose the, the place that you attended? And I'm sorry, I never asked you exactly what university that was. Um, I went to Bellevue University, so it was actually a, a small college. Um, and yeah, I kind of narrowed it down to some of the same things that Aaron talked about. Um, so the size of the school, um, kind of what the ethos was of the, um, the coaching team there. And um, I actually chose Bellevue because there was a lot of other international students there. Um, so I thought even though I was moving away, away from home, there would have been a lot of other um, young people in the same situation as I was. Well, um, 
ladies, I just want to say thank you uh, to both of you for taking the time to come on the show. And I hope that I hope you've enjoyed it. And I hope that uh, as you move forward in the season, that it, that it continues to go well for, for both of you. And um, Lauren, I hope that you continue to, to play and Aaron, I hope that you continue to progress and that you enjoy your time in America. And um, you know, I think, Sometimes we get uh, women's collegiate sports and, on, on TV here, so I'll, I'll look for Troy uh, over the next couple of years and, and root you on as you're, as you're there. But I, I always like to say before we, we get uh, away is just give you a chance to, to thank your sponsor or to talk a little bit about your sponsor because your, your sponsors, to play for Southampton Women's, it requires, a, you know, most, most people need a sponsor to be able to do that because there is a cost associated with it. And I know the team and the club are always looking for, for additional sponsors. So if people want to sponsor uh, a player or the team, they can look in the, in the show notes below. The, the links are there to, to do that. But um, Lauren, who is your sponsor? And then kind of just, uh, I guess it's two people, right? Yeah, so it's Rob and Chloe Kerr. They come to a lot of our games. They supported me last year when I was at Chichester um, and con- continue to do that this season. So without them, I probably wouldn't wouldn't be able to play. So can't thank them enough for their continued support. Okay, and then and then Aaron, yours is a company. Um, yeah. Is is there a is there a website or anything that people should visit if they're interested, or or, or who who is it? Uh, so it's one of a kind custom design, and it's run by two two ladies called Michelle and Emma and you know they personally don't know me very well but they've then supported me because they've seen me from my football and um, they know me through Yeovil and they've seen me play there and they decided that they'd like to help support me at Southampton and continue my progression there really. Okay all right all right well uh, thanks to them, and, and just a reminder to everybody: if you're interested in and are able to sponsor a player or the team, to do that because the team is always looking for for sponsorships. And um, but all of your games are at Romsey Town FC, so uh, the home matches are there. And, and I wish you the best of luck uh, going into to this weekend. Uh, and I hope uh, you know success in the future. And, and hopefully, you know you've enjoyed this, and hopefully we'll be able to do it again at some point in the future. Yeah, thanks for having. Thank me. you very much. Thank you for having me. that does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Haley Newman for uh, the epic piece of shithousery that she has inserted into my life for giving me both a Liverpool and Portsmouth supporter all in one episode. Um, I don't know what you've started, but it's definitely something and um, I'm here for it. So thanks a lot. But the, the real the real thanks goes out to Lauren Clark and Aaron Bloomfield for taking time out of their evenings aside from their work schedules and their training schedules and their matches uh, to talk with me about their careers, about their times in the U.S., uh, about uh, their season they're having at the Southampton Women's Football Club, which you can be a part of if you go to the website and look at their schedule and show up and support them when they play their matches or you can sponsor one of the players or one of the coaches because they rely on that uh, in order to keep this thing going. They are one of the longest-serving teams in the Southampton area, um, they're not this new upstart thing that uh, may also be happening in and around Southampton, but we won't talk about that now. If you're interested in sponsoring a player, get in touch with the club secretary, Amanda Burroughs. Her email is in the show notes and she can get you all the information you need to sponsor a player. There's also links to the schedule so you can go support them uh, whenever they are in town. As always, this show would not be possible without your support. So thank you for listening. It also relies on a couple of other people. Uh, Matt Beeling, who does the logo for the show. You can find him at We Are Southampton on Instagram. Uh, lots and lots of good graphics coming from him. Also, our partner page is the Southampton page. You can go there for all of your Southampton FC news and needs. Uh, you can find him on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, lots of good content coming out all week long. So between the podcast on Tuesdays, the newsletter on Fridays. You can look to that page to stay up to date with everything else that is going on at the club. You can find this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. We're at SFCDELL underscore IVERY on both Twitter and Instagram. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFCDelivery. There is no underscore in the Facebook address. 
The easiest way to do that and subscribe to the show is just to visit SouthamptonDelivery.com. There you'll find links to all of the various audio platforms where the show can be heard. All music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games, and the end of show credits that you listen to right now is Aim is True by Pontington Bear. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week uh, after we visit Leicester City. Um, hopefully we have something else better to talk about. Uh, I'm not going to say it because we already know what the score was last time. So uh, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. And until next time, remember that together, we march on. Um, it also seems there's the dog. I hate the dog. I hate him a lot. Um, he does that. (laughs) Oh my God. All right. Sorry.